Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 315 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show was recorded on March 20th. It is a conversation about coronavirus with Jenny Smith. At the end of the episode, I've listed some important talking points from the CDC website. Make sure you get to those. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan, becoming bold with insulin, or anything else that might come up. You know what I mean. Jenny Smith is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a person who's been living with type 1 diabetes for over three decades. Jenny is the exact same person you hear on the Diabetes Pro Tip series, during the Defining Diabetes episodes, and of course, Ask Scott and Jenny. Jenny works at Integrated Diabetes, and if you want to check her out, or even hire her, you can do that. Jenny's email address is right in the link of these show notes. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. The Contour Next One is, without a doubt, the finest, most accurate blood glucose meter my daughter has ever used in the entire time she's had type 1 diabetes. Go to ContourNextOne.com to find out if you're eligible for an absolutely free meter today. The podcast is also sponsored by Touched by Type 1. When you go to TouchedByType1.org, you're going to see an organization that is working towards a cure supporting people with type 1 diabetes, and putting on maybe one of the greatest dance shows I've ever witnessed. Go find out more about them. They're supporting people with type 1 diabetes all over the world. You might be one of them. Go check them out. And if you don't need that support and you want to help support someone else, this is a great way. Touchbytype1.org is a great way to do that. Get yourself an absolutely free, no-obligation demo of the Omnipod sent to your house today. Go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. When you get there, fill out a little bit of information, and Omnipod is going to send you an absolutely free, no-obligation demo of the Omnipod. You'll be able to try it on, wear it, and see what you think. And of course, to find out more about the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor, the exact same CGM that my daughter wears today, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Let's get to the show. Hello. Hey, good morning. How are you today? Um, we're hanging in there. How about you? Yeah, I'd call it the same. <laughs> um, I would assume Cole's home from school. Yeah, we didn't even make it through. Oh my gosh, we didn't even make it through oh. his... Um, Sorry, I didn't realize I was all covered up. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> I keep a little post-it note there. <laughs> I don't want to know what you're doing with your computer in your private time. It's fine. <laughs> so Cole was in Florida uh, for his college tournament. He got there Friday. We got there Friday. On Sunday, he asked us for a Zyrtec, thinking that his allergies were coming on, a runny nose. On Monday, he asked for another one. Kelly and Arden left on Monday to go home. I stayed behind. Tuesday was his day off. And when I picked him up Tuesday, late Tuesday morning to take him to lunch, I was like, are you okay? And he's like, no, nah, I don't feel right. 
And I was like, okay. So I took him out to eat and he didn't look good. So I said, hey, go back to my hotel and lay down for a while. So three hours later, he woke up and he woke up to an email from his coach that said, we're having an emergency meeting to talk about the season. So I had to hump him back like a half an hour to his hotel. Uh, He was feeling better from sleeping, but you know, he didn't look magically better to me. Right. You know, and um, they announced that the, the, the season was going to be suspended. That's what they knew at the time. And he definitely didn't feel well still. So now he's like asking me, kind of like trying to be like sly. He's like, uh, I couldn't have the coronavirus, right? And I was like, I mean, you could, you know, I said, you know, what are your symptoms? At that point, he had a sore throat and a runny nose, you know. Um, and I was like, well, you don't have a fever, you know, so right. blah, blah, blah. So the next day comes Wednesday. He ends up pitching his face-off against the number one ranked team in the country in, in Division Three. Just pitches these two amazing innings, comes out of the game. The game ends. He gets on a bus and goes back to the hotel. I'm supposed to pick him up for dinner. And he texts me. He goes, hey, I, I'm not going to go to dinner, but come over here. He's like, I felt like I was going to throw up on the bus. And so I think he used every ounce of energy, everything he had and realized that he was sick. So on the way over there, I just stopped at a, like a Walgreens and I'm like, let me just get a thermometer, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Stuck the thermometer in his mouth. He was be a dad. Yeah. 100.4. I took him right to urgent care. Oh my God. Right now he's in urgent care with a mask on and they swab him for flu. He doesn't have the flu. And the guy looks at his throat and says, listen, you have strep. I can see it. You know, he's like, I'm going to give you a, a, an antibiotic. And I said, are you going to swab him for it? He goes, man, this is strep throat. And I was like, uh, okay. You know, f- fingers right. crossed and all. Um, right. But I took him out of the hotel where the kids were, where I, the poor kid had to leave his team. Yeah. I just basically like shut her, like just put Goodbye it in there. Yeah. And the, um, he didn't play the rest of the week, obviously, uh, but the antibiotics did it. That's exactly, he had strep. Yeah. So, but you know, in the moment it was weird. And when he went back to watch the games, like from outside of the dugout in the last two days, uh, people were, you know, they're like, Hey, how's he doing? Like, you know, we just want to make sure he's all right. (laughs) But that's not really what they meant. No. They really meant was, hey. He's got strap. We took him in. That's what he had. That's exactly what I was saying. I was just I was like, oh, my God. Are you allowed out of your house? What, what's the Wisconsin thing so far? So the Wisconsin thing is um, beyond the, like, multiple levels of weather we have happening. Like, it was raining before, and now it's, like, fuzzy snowing. Sorry, oh. I'm looking out my window. Okay. Um, but being trapped in the house, no. I mean, we can go outside. Um our kids are out of school. The governor um, originally had a timeline of like uh, April 6th, but just two days ago, no, two days ago, we got another email from our school district specifically stating that according to the new guidelines, school is delayed or canceled indefinitely. Mm -hmm. We don't know, which my husband and I are like, okay, that means that Oscar is just not going back to school this year. That's what I think. We will be homeschooling. And I mean, the, the good thing is that, you know, working from home, I'm here. Right. But the bad thing is that working from home, I don't have a clinic to go to, so I have work 
that continues, which is very good. It, it's it's good that people can utilize this type of telemedicine right. um, to stay up, especially as things change and things happen and there are more questions that come in. Um, but it also makes navigating my day a little bit more interesting. Okay, we're talking about the coronavirus today. So here is Omnipod's website if you want to know more about how they're handling coronavirus. It's at myomnipod.com forward slash coronavirus. So if you want to get a free no obligation demo, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. But if you want to find out about the coronavirus and how Omnipod is handling it, myomnipod.com forward slash coronavirus. There they will tell you how insulin is responding to the coronavirus outbreak. They're going to tell you if coronavirus is impacting insulin's ability to produce its products, what sterilization processes are in place to ensure the pods are safe, they talk about reordering. I'm going to jump through it really quickly. Insulate continues to be vigilant, monitoring, and managing the global impact of the coronavirus outbreak. So that's how they start to talk about their response. They say they also have a comprehensive plan in place to ensure the safety and well-being of their employees, and they are going to continue to deliver Omnipods to those who depend on the product to manage their type 1. At this time, Insulate does not anticipate any product supply issues. Pretty cool here how they talk about the sterilization process. Why don't you go check it out if you're interested? MyOmnipod.com forward slash coronavirus. Next thing I have to share with you is a lovely email that I got from Rick Doubleday. Rick is the chief commercial officer at Dexcom. Rick sent me a note and said, at this moment, there are not any interruptions to Dexcom's ability to produce and supply product. However, we do anticipate near-term delays in both customer service and tech support as we transition more employees to a remote work environment. Wait times on the phone will be much longer than usual. We ask that customers please only contact Dexcom support for urgent requests at this time. Dexcom is committed to communicating with their customers as the situation evolves and customers should visit Dexcom.com forward slash coronavirus for latest updates. So that's directly from Rick. Now, if you want to get a Dexcom system going, go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. But if you're already using it and you want to know how Dexcom is reacting to the outbreak, check that out right there. Now, when you start looking around the internet for a little break from all this, go to touchbytype1.org. There you're going to find an organization with a mission to elevate awareness of type 1 diabetes, raise funds to find a cure, and to inspire those with diabetes to thrive. They've got great programs and services, all kinds of stuff, and hopefully I'll be there in May speaking if, you know, we're allowed to travel again and get together with people. Um, But, you know, that's a long way off. I have a good feeling about that. Anyway... TouchbyType1.org. Check them out today. Last but not least, ContourNext1.com. That's where you can check out the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. There's a little yellow tab at the top that says, get a free Contour Next One meter today. Check that out. See if you're eligible. This meter also has a wonderful app that works both with Apple and Android. Really helps take your data to a new level. ContourNext1.com. All of these links can be found in your show notes and at juiceboxpodcast.com. All right, let's get back to Jenny. My husband is on medical 
family medical leave right now from okay. his company. They allowed um, employees who have family members in home or whatnot that could be at increased risk to take their family medical leave. Okay. So he chose to do that. I mean, he sees thousands of people a day at work and he was like, yeah. I'm just going to be at home with you guys. So plus I'm sure his um, company's looking for some people not to come in anyway. They're probably, correct. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, that kind of works out for whatever limited time he can use that for. I mean, he'll have to go to back to work at some point. Well, <laughs> but, you know. Either that so or we'll figure it out. We're going to become a socialist nation pretty soon. <clears throat> right. One, one yeah. Or the other. But I mean, I'm, it's interesting because, you know, grocery stores and everything, those things are still open, I expect, for like limited time. Yeah. Um, I haven't really looked at the websites to see, are you still 24 hours? I would expect probably not. But um, yesterday, I thought I got the brilliant idea from actually somebody I was working with. And she's like, oh, I just I just go online and I just order all my food and I just pick it up at the door. And I was like, why did I not think about why doing, am I not that? doing that? Yeah. Oh. So I went online and I did that. Oh, the next time I could pick up groceries at the grocery store that we most often go to is Monday, March 30th. Oh. Like at 6 p.m. I'm like, I'm out of all of the fresh stuff that I eat every single day. I'm like, I'm not living just on like frozen broccoli. So We picked one person. So one of us goes to the grocery store. Nobody, the other person's not going. Yeah. Tomorrow we're supposed to go move coal stuff out of the dorm. I don't even know if they're going to let us do that. We'll wait and see. Um, but no, I think this is going to go on for uh, months. Oh, I don't yeah. think the kids are going back to school this year. Um, and everybody is now seeing, you know, for all the things we talk about that are important, if you can't walk outside without getting sick, nothing else matters, <laughs> you, you know? Right. So it's really, right. really something else. There, I, There's that one model out of uh, England that says, um, between 600,000 and 2.2 million Americans could die in the next like, year and a half or something like that, which is, it's funny, it's a staggering number, right? Um, right. And at the same time, my son said to me, because he's, you know, he's younger and he doesn't feel like he's going to get sick. Right. He goes, how many people die anyway? And I was like, what? He goes, like, before this. And I said, oh, about 150,000 people a day worldwide die, every day. And he's like, so is 2 million a lot? And I said, it is if it's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You exactly. know, there's a way to look at the world personally, and there's a way to look at the world, you know, globally. Yeah, globally. Yeah. And yeah. those two things are, uh, they're very different. So they are. Yeah. Exactly. I, st I know. I stopped my 20 year old son from going to play basketball. He was like, we're going to go play basketball. I'm like, you're not. You're not. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. no, you're not. So go win your PlayStation. It's your dream come true. You can play it as much as you want. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we have everything closed, essentially. Yeah, yeah, I mean, okay. other than pharmacies and that kind of stuff. So, right. yeah. Okay. So let me let me first talk with you about this. I think it's just important right now with the timing to put out a, an episode for as long as it needs to be, if it's 10 minutes or a half an hour or whatever it has to be, um, talking about how to manage through a respiratory illness. Mm. Because, you know... It's going to happen, and we can at least have a baseline idea. We don't know what this, you know, what do you call it, by the way? Do you call it COVID-19 or the coronavirus when you're just chatting about it at home? I've just been calling it the coronavirus because I just, I feel like all of these extra, like, names to things, just, it's confusing yeah. in my brain. So I'm yeah. like, it's the coronavirus, whatever they want to call it beyond that, fine. We, but. we definitely go with corona here because... 
uh, in the you know in the Monsters Incorporated movie when the sock touches the thing and they yell 2319, 2319. So when people say COVID-19, Kelly hears 2319 and it starts a whole comedy routine in the house. So we don't say that like that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go, we go coronavirus still. So. Um, yeah. So, okay. So we don't see, I've seen, I think, two people with type one on social media who have had it so far, but haven't really heard much from them. Um, we're starting, you know, you're, you're not really hearing from people yet who have recovered from it because those recoveries have happened overseas. We're, you know, we're, we're still in the spot where you're going to see, I mean, today is the 20th of March. We had a big increase yesterday in diagnosis, and I'm going to guess it's going to double today because we're now starting to see numbers from, you know, people who were tested five, eight, 10 days ago. Right. Um, so there was a really good post done, and I, you might have read it. The Washington Post did a really good article that had graphical mm-hmm. of dots yep. interacting with each other and how, like, you know, no social isolation versus minimal versus extreme social isolation and how much difference that makes. But you still get a blowout of people. It's just slower and it decreases that you know, that you graph essentially um, of how many people will potentially get it. I think the problem will be until we have hopefully a vaccination for it at a small level. And I think this is why it draws out how many months we're going to see things closed and social interaction minimized and things, because until we have a vaccination, it's just going to keep floating around yeah just it's like not gonna somebody's stop. always going to bump into somebody that bumps into somebody that bumps into somebody that hasn't had it yet and you know they don't with it being new from everything that i've read the human body doesn't know what to do with it really yet yeah. or how to form like the antibodies and things that it would normally form for the typical cold and the typical flu and oh i see this again i had this you know two years ago now i can handle it better again yeah i think a lot of people mistakenly believe that it's going to have a season like the flu and it'll just, we'll get to a date and you just won't hear about it anymore. And that I think, listen, I don't know anything other than what I'm paying attention to, but I just had uh, Dr. Adam Nadelman on the show the other day in this episode with you is going to go up right after that. He talked, I, I brought up the Washington post article and before I could tell him it was out of the Washington post, he goes, was that in the Washington post? And I was like, yeah, we've all seen that. Right. Yeah. Because it's such a wonderful visual visualization of how, you know, spread happens. Um, but I would say this is going to last two full Corona seasons, what, whatever this time's going to be. And then I think there's going to be a break and then I think it's going to come around again and then it'll probably be a normal part of life, like the flu and, you know, Right. SARS and MERS and all that other stuff. But it just spreads so much more quickly mm-hmm. and easily than things in the past have. And so you're just seeing it overwhelm everything. Right. I think that in terms of, you know, diabetes, I think people with diabetes or even people with other like chronic health conditions where they've become, it's become a habit to be more careful about things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you change your pump site or you take an injection, you clean the site. You wash your hands or, you know, maybe you wash your hands before you do a finger stick or you put your, your continuous monitor sight on or those kinds of things. So we, we already are a little bit ahead of the curve of just paying attention to hygiene cautiously in in that sense, you know, but then in terms of just 
management. I mean, the only the only one that I read about online um, with type one specific was, as you mentioned, a guy over in um, the UK, I believe he was from. He had gone on a ski trip mm-hmm. in like Dece- December or early January or something with a group of friends, and a good majority of the group got have corona or had coronavirus. Right. He himself got tested because others in his group, he was positive, and his symptoms actually didn't show up for several days after he was tested positive. Okay. And he has type 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually, in his article, he mentioned the fact that it wasn't so much the diabetes management that was the hard part about it. It was, he described it as like uncontrollable respiratory coughing. He said it was just so unbelievable that the only thing that helped was some type of medication his doctor prescribed him and he went and he picked up to stop the coughing to stop the actual coughing but he said otherwise and of course this is an n of one experience right right? everybody's experience with an illness is a little bit different but i think it gives it gives good information that if you were fairly healthy outside of just your diabetes Mm -hmm. and you have fairly good blood sugar control which is a huge key in a lot of this then your management strategy for the illness piece of it shouldn't be that much different, if anything. Right. You're, you're going to likely need, I mean, most people with a respiratory illness who have a fever um, or an infection, it's going to increase your insulin needs. Mm-hmm. So. I, well, it's interesting because obviously we this is a new virus, you know, for us and no one's really seen it before, but. I've been managing Arden's blood sugar in one way or another for, I mean, over 13 years. It's probably coming up on 14 years pretty soon. Viruses don't really change her insulin needs greatly. Now, I've seen it differently for other people, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I just don't see a mass difference. I, I have to share this somewhere, so I'm going to do it here. So Vicky's been on the show before. She talked about eating um, uh What's the thing when you don't have any carbs? I can't believe that word just. Oh, in my head. like ketogenic. Ketogenic. She. She. Yeah. Vicky was on to talk about that. She and I were speaking this past weekend about something different, and she said something just hilarious. She's like, "I'm not afraid of this virus." She goes, "My immune system has already killed my pancreas and my thyroid. It could take <laughs> this. It could take this coronavirus, no problem." <laughs> that's funny. And I was like, that's hilarious. Oh, but I think a lot of people with type one feel that way too, a little bit, right? Like there are, I mean, it's not everybody, but you talk to a lot of people who are like, I don't get sick that often. You, you know, like my immune system is really great. I'm incredibly healthy with the exception of the fact that my pancreas doesn't work. Right. Um, I mean, honestly, I was until I had kids who started going to, well, one child who started going to school. I rarely had even the common winter cold, rarely. Um, But, you know, so and even from that standpoint, I, I would say when you talk about, you know, Arden's insulin needs don't really change so significantly. Mm -hmm. Everybody is a little bit different. And I think the other thing to consider is the severity of the illness and what at what point you are in the illness, yeah. right? Because I know myself, with just a typical cold, like the sniffles, I might feel a little under the weather, but other than that, I'm going about my normal daily. I'm not laying in bed, like blowing my nose, like minute after minute after minute. That typical cold, I maybe need a little bit more insulin, like maybe five or 10% more. It's not even right. as significantly noticeable. And if I can remain 
at least moderately active, I actually don't even notice a difference in my insulin needs. Mm. Whereas if I have a really nasty cold, my insulin needs will go up 40% yeah. from a basal level to start with. And then if my post meals still aren't, I'll adjust my ratios too. And there are ins- uh, there are illnesses that Arden needs more insulin for. Sure. But it's those ones that are just sort of like she's got a little cough or her throat's a little sore or her head's a little stuffy. Those don't seem to hit her. But when she, if she gets like, you know, knocked over by an illness, when the body ache stuff happens and when the, right. the rundown thing happens, then, yeah, then you start getting, like you said, you stop moving around as much. You, you're more dehydrated. Like there's a lot of stuff that, that goes into that. Um, well, and I think you bring up a good, you said hydrated, right? It's, and we've talked about hydration piece just in general before, but when we talk about a respiratory illness specifically, mm-hmm. I'm sure we've all seen the Mucinex commercials, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little like blob of like mucus, like, you know, ha ha ha, I'm like invading your lugs and your nose and I'm not going to let you sleep kind of thing. One of the biggest things to do is stay hydrated. More so if you're the person who's like, I drink eight cups of water a day or I have five water bottles or jugs of water a day, you know what? Double that because that fluid will help to move things faster through the system and keep that stickiness down from the mucus standpoint. Yeah, Listen, plain words, if you have thick snot and you hydrate yourself more, the snot will get thinner. That's right. That's all. And so (laughs) it's just, you know. It's not something that's it's hard to it's not hard to follow. It's hard to drink the water when you don't feel well, well right? right? That's the whole thing. <laughs> it's it's difficult to maintain these good practices when you feel like a truck ran you over and then backed up to see what it hit. Right. You know that that really is the problem. There are some other things that are even not like pharmaceutical, but things. Um, I think it's the, the the tea company traditional medicinals makes a tea. It's called throat coat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one that they make. It's called Breathe Easy. All of them, they work very well. I've used them yeah. in, you know, a respiratory kind of bug. So beyond going to your local pharmacy and grabbing everything off of the shelf, some of those things to kind of have stocked in your cupboard as a backup, um, peppermint and ginger can help to ease if you've got some stomach discomfort from like post nasal drip and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So there are a lot of things that we can do, chicken broth, vegetable broth, all of those. Um, I mean, there are, there's actually really good research even just into chicken noodle soup when you've got a respiratory illness um, and the benefit of what that actually does for the immune system. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting as this is all so new, and I think that it's going to continue to feel new even when we get deeper into it. Just the other day, you know, there's a wash of an article about you can't take ibuprofen if you have the coronavirus. It makes it worse. And I was like, now, hold on a second. What just happened here? Like, did, you know, I, I started thinking about the podcast a little bit. I was like, somebody stuck a pencil in their pocket, then robbed the bank and was like, you know what this pencil just made me do? You, you, you know, And so, and then it didn't take long for, I think, who to come out and say that ibuprofen is not a problem to take with the coronavirus, right? right? right. Um, it is really one of the problems with, with, social media is it just anybody really could say whatever they wanted and you know if a person sees it and they're scared you know they go back so it's funny we talked i you know i I talked about having you on for this to talk about management during a respiratory illness but i mean what really changes in 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 management not a whole lot right 
Not a whole lot, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you it's an illness. Right. And unless you have another background illness, such as, you know, lung diseases, or, you know, there are some people with type 1 who actually have type 1 because of something called cystic fibrosis, mm-hmm. right, which is already a lung disorder. So someone like that would have much more different management needs. Yeah even outside of the the blood sugar component mm-hmm. to it. So, but when we're talking just about diabetes management with a respiratory illness, there shouldn't be much that you don't know in your normal sick day packet of, right. you know, check off, I got this, I got this, I got this. So when this all started happening, I thought, I'll put, let me put some information out that'll be helpful people. And it was great to talk to Adam because he really did, go over what the coronavirus is and what it is and all that stuff. But as we were talking, and as I've been thinking about it over the last number of days, I think the most important thing you can do about the coronavirus, whether you have type 1 diabetes or not, is be healthy, right? Like right. just be as healthy as you can be because a healthy body does a better job of fighting off viruses right. and colds and all kinds of things. Exactly. And so when Absolutely. I, then I'm just like, well, you know, we're all locked up inside Go back to episode 210 and start the pro tips over again. You know what I mean? Like, like get your blood sugar lower, stable, take out the variability, um, you know, move around a little bit, even though it's probably going to be in your living room for a while. Uh, or, you know, go outside and go Which, for a by walk. the way, we've got lots and lots of online videos now that are free workout options. Even my gym, my gym, like, stopped all of our memberships so that we would not, like, have to keep paying and not for yeah. some, and not being able to go. But they also sent out a connection link for 150 workouts online that are free for us to use, yeah. which I thought that was a really nice thing just from a gym standpoint to do for its members. Um, but nice. there are 10-minute workouts. There are 30-minute workouts. There are as long as you've got some equipment at home, you could even use your Peloton or yeah. whatever it is, you know. So. Well, I think it's it's stay moving, stay healthy. Don't fall into like really poor diet habits because it you know it's going to be easier. Um, and I don't know how easy that's going to be to maintain over time. I don't know how easy getting food is going to be weeks from now. I'm sure it's going to get a little dicey at some point. Maybe just right. because you're going to be scared to go outside. I don't know. Right. Um, but I don't think if you're really paying attention to the day to day numbers and not listening to political conversations around it, but actually seeing what you know, the CDC is saying, um, you right. know, like those kinds of things. We are, we are following the, the bend of that, that Italy was following. Like we're going right. to get a really big spike. There are a lot more people here. We are spread out further. We have population centers, not just one or two, like smaller countries do. We have, you know, count, yeah. countless dozens of population centers. This is not ending anytime soon. You know, if I had to bet money, I'd bet my kids aren't going back to school this year. Um, I'd bet that things are going to change moving forward even. Yeah. You you might start seeing work from home days for school in the future. And, you know, I think the other thing that's going to happen here is we're going to learn a lot about things that we've been afraid to look at so far, like telemedicine. It's such a good example, right? You guys, you guys have been, you know, who else is talking to people about their diabetes through, you know through video interaction, except except for you. And now suddenly every doctor's office in the world is like, this is how you're going to figure this out. This is how you're going to the doctor now. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think you have type one. Mm -hmm. 
Are you doing anything differently? No. No? I'm really not. I mean, other than, I mean, in my diabetes management itself, no, I'm not. I mean, we have, you know, all of the sick day things in the cupboard that we could possibly need. Mm -hmm. I mean, we actually went about, it was like two weeks ago before any of the school cancellation and anything of of that nature. I was in the aisle just picking up some Band-Aids and I was like, you know, let's just get some extra things. Right. Just like I could see what was sort of like coming down the line. Right. So I got some extra, you know, like cough medicine and that kind of stuff just to have. We got popsicles in the freezer, all that kind of stuff. But other than that, my normal management is I'm managing the same way. I'm trying to get exercise every day in my house um, or going outside and taking a run with my dog or, you know, whatever. I know some communities even have some restrictions on that, but we don't right now. There are plenty of people. In fact, more people I think I've seen like, I have to get fresh air. Like, let me out of my house. I need fresh air. So two days ago, Cole and I went to an outdoor cage so he could hit. And afterwards, no lie, his personality was brighter. He had more energy. He was smiling. Like he just, he's not a person who wants to be trapped and sitting around. And you have to, almost the same as you sometimes can get lulled into being like, oh, 150 is a good blood sugar. 180 is not bad. You know, 200 is not far from 150. You can start getting to the like, well, you know, Doritos for lunch is fine today. Three days a week with Doritos isn't bad. You, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I haven't moved around in a month, but uh, I've only gained six pounds. Like you can like. <laughs> you can, yeah, right. You can Very sort of just melt slide. into that and slide into it and not know that it's happening to you. And then by the time it happens, you know, you're having that conversation with yourself like, ooh. I've let things get out of hand. Uh, and then it's harder to get back from. I do think, too, within that, um, from a management standpoint, we do have to consider some some things that if and when you can get to the grocery store, right? Because you're probably not going every other day or you know every three days, oh, I just need to pick up the milk today or I just need to do right. it. You're like, okay, everything on my list, I can get it. And I, hopefully this will be stockpiled for like two weeks before I have to go back you yeah. know, running in and out again. So from the standpoint of diabetes management, it's then making sure your list is full of all those things that you know keep you in line. Mm-hmm. And it might even come down to making some more soups or making some more things that do last a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know fresh fruits and vegetables, we certainly, we have to go shopping either today or tomorrow. Someone mm-hmm. in our house, you know, myself or my husband has to go because we're out of those. We've got some frozen stuff, but other than that, our fresh is gone, and I I like living on my fresh. Yeah. Well, listen, I um, so the the I'm one of those people who usually goes grocery shopping like every few days. I'd yeah. much rather like bang in and grab a couple. That's how I like to keep the food fresh in the house. You know, I don't want to yeah. grab you know a ton of vegetables. I grab enough to get me through a couple of days. That's obviously a little upside down right now, and might not be going as well. The other day, we ate leftovers that I think in a regular situation, I would have been like, you know what? Let's toss these out and start over again. But I was like, no, no, eat this. <laughs> you know, like, this is another, it's another meal. Like, let's get another meal in. Prior to all of this, I guess not really prior to it. Maybe I just paid attention to it a little sooner. Um, I ordered everything that Arden had a refill for, I refilled. I'm starting to think I should have gotten Traceba too, just in case... She, you know, I don't know. I don't know what. 
just in case three months from now, you know, other stuff starts happening. Meanwhile, pump companies, um, Dexcom, they all say like, we don't see this affecting our supply, but what if it, what if it's not them? What if it's delivery or, you know, what if it's, what if it's FedEx or, you know, whatever it ends up being. So I got all of our supplies restocked and I buy these juice boxes, uh, online that come in a big flat. And I was like, I'm going to get two of them. Like Arden could get low, like, I don't know, 150 times and I'd be okay. You know, right. Um, right. Which I don't think she'll get low. Well, because you also have year, a juice so. box that works very well for her yeah. and others don't. So yeah. you know what works and, um, you know, you kind of stockpile, put it away. I know my, my, glucose tablets that I really like to use have been out of stock online for quite a while. And so um, when I went to pick up my last um, insulin fill at the pharmacy, I grabbed two bottles of the only kind of that pharmacy brand glucose tablet that that doesn't have artificial colors or anything in it. I grabbed two of them and I actually, if I don't hide them, my kids will eat them. That's funny. So I was like, let's hide these way away so yeah. nobody else knows where Jenny's supply is. I, I think, you know, I am not an alarmist person at all, but, and I think this is going to be fine. Like, I think this is going to yeah. be a natural, it's going to run a natural course. People are going to die. It's not going to be pleasant. I think we're all going to know somebody who died from the coronavirus next year. Um, but at the same time, I did say to Kelly last night, I was like, let's start thinking more long-term around mm-hmm. Arden. Like, like that was the only thing I've said about diabetes so far. Like, I don't know what that means exactly, but let's always be thinking months in advance, not days in advance about Arden. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, I'm not worried. I'm just thinking we should change our focus a little bit. Right. So, you know, I, yeah. did, I did my best a week or so ago. I put up on my social media. I was like, listen, if you have refills, fill them. Do it now. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, I know. That's actually one of the things that I also went through, even my husband who pretty much leaves my diabetes management to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I'm like, I need help with this or, yeah, you know, right. can you pinch my skin back here to put the Dexcom in or whatever? For the most part, it's all my management. But he even came to me and he's like, Are you sure you're okay on all of your supplies? You got enough insulin, you got enough of your pods, you got enough, you know, everything. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm really good for, you know, he's like, how many months? I'm like, probably at least four months. I'm pretty good before I'd have to like, even maybe more than that, quite honestly. Um, the biggest one is sensors because I can't get more sensors other than what my insurance will cover. That's all mine would do. Yeah. I can't. Um, the one, the one thing to my pump right now is that I'm, um, I'm kind of training on the control IQ with Mm -hmm. Tandem. So right now my pods are not being used. <laughs> you have a little extra. They have a little extra there, which is kind of Jenny, nice. Jenny's like, I got to figure this other pump out for my job. So my my pumps are sitting in a pile, and not getting my used up. Are, that's right. <laughs> my Riley link gets a little break, and so well, it's funny. Yeah, I, yeah, a little extra stuff here and there. Right. Uh, you know, a little stuff off to the side if you can afford yeah. to grab it. It really does make you think about the people who can afford it, who are paying right. cash, or just you know that horrible. It's got to be in the back of all of our heads somewhere, right? That, you know, if I don't want to be like a, I'm, I, I'm not a doom and gloom person, but I do think this, and I've thought this before coronavirus, society is a paper tiger. It really is just holding together because we all agree to let it hold together, right? right? It's, yeah. you know, um, I don't walk across the street with a bat 
kick my neighbor's front door down and steal his television just because we've agreed basically not to do that. That's to not each right. Other. Right, right. Yeah. And but um, you know, uh, it's it's assumed that if you get sick, you go to a doctor. A doctor helps you, even if you don't have insurance. Someone will help you, right? Yeah. Um, now all of a sudden, your doctors are like, "Look, call us on the phone. Don't come here." You know, the grocery stores always got food, right? Mm, not now. Right now, it will again, but it doesn't right now. And and it makes you think like bigger picture. Like what it makes yeah. you realize is that ten pretty smart people who were writers sat in a room one day and said. What would it be like if zombies came? And then they wrote what they thought would happen. And, you know, that's probably pretty close to what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's just where human nature takes us in these situations. The toilet paper is a great example, right? Yeah. People are afraid. What makes them feel better? Control. Having enough toilet paper feels like control. It seems silly right now, but it's right. true. Like, right, it gives right. you some feeling of control. I, I filled Arden's prescriptions and got more juice boxes and I, and I bought, you know, uh, I got the Gvoke, the, you know, yeah. you know, like stuff like that. But, and that makes me feel like it's okay. And it is okay unless, you know, people just unless. decide to be lunatics and then I don't know what happens next, you know, and none of us do. Right. And, and that's the real, sh- that's scary for every living person, but more so for a person who has type one or has something else who, who is, who is reliant reliant on on these things working on the, on the traffic lights going on when they say they're going to, you know, that, that stuff that we just take for granted. So the best thing you can do is be, be prepared and, and do your best and not lose your mind. Correct. You know, don't go, don't go barging through people's doors with the, you know, the bat. Right. Give me that. (laughs) It's so funny. This must've been in the consciousness a month or so ago. Because right. because Arden came up to me six weeks ago, and just out of the blue, she goes, hey, the zombies come. What happens to me? And I was like, so... Just the random teenager yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. idea yeah. about and she, things. And she yeah. wasn't really talking about zombies. She was like, hey, you know, if stuff gets upside down, you know, with the diabetes, what happens? It was like the first time she ever asked. And I said, I said well, in truth, I said, if things really got sideways, I guess I would throw my morals away, go down to the corner and overpower as many people as I could and take as much insulin as I could for you. If we're, if we're into the apocalypse situation, if that's what you're talking about. Um, I said, we'd lower your carb intake, which I don't think would be trouble because I don't think we'd have food. Um, (laughs) eventually you'd, I'd try to keep the insulin cold. You'd run out of it eventually. And she goes, how long? And I'm like, He'd be dead a couple weeks, a month later, probably. And she goes, okay, that's what I thought. And I was like, all right, right on. And then we just sort of like walked out of the room. Yeah. It just, she, she wanted to know. And I don't think she'd ever said it out loud. I think she knew, but she never said it out loud. Like what happens if these mechanisms go away from me? I was like, that's pretty much it. I was like, some of the Egyptians stayed alive a really long time. I was like, they did. Yeah. I mean, if you, how long do you think you could eat kale before you just gave up? 
know, there are lots of ways to cook kale. I like my kale. I don't know. <laughs> Either that, that or, you know, you like the, other, the other thing to possibly do is maybe, you know, get your own uh, pig farm started and um, then read up on the directions more. about how to make your own insulin and your, you know, pig farm out of the pigs that you're growing in your backyard. Or I'll tell you what, if that kid's, if that kid's hanging her hat on that, on me figuring that out, she's in trouble. Um, I could maybe do a podcast about it, but I don't think anybody would care. Right. No, but anyway, like, I don't think of that as, like, I didn't think of that as a sad thing. She just wanted to understand her reality. She got to a, an age where she was like, hey, just real quick, like, you know, right. what, what, what is this about? And I, it's not something I was talking about. Maybe she was hearing something at school or like, I don't know where it came from, honestly, but I wasn't going to lie to her, you right. know, and I, I, and I wasn't going to just be like, that'll never happen. I mean, because I told, who knows? We yeah. don't know what the future right. is in any circumstance, even without this. We don't know what the future right. necessarily right. will bring. And if it and if it happens, you're not going to stop it if it's happening. You know what I mean? Like it's and you know. And I just I told her I was like, look, I said. She goes, do you think it'll happen? And I said, no. And she said, why? I said, greed. And she goes, what? I'm like, we live in a capitalist society. Everybody wants things. The only way they get things is to go to work. They want to go to work. They want to make money. They want to have things. I was like, it's what keeps people chugging along. It's what keeps insulin being made and insulin pumps being, you know, uh, people, I think there was a guy one day who was like, I could make a better insulin pump. I bet you I could do this without tubing. And he made it. And then he turned right. it into a business. And I was like, that's what keeps society moving. People's desire to do things, have things, be alive. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, everyone's yeah. desire to be alive is going to be why you're going to have insulin and pumps and needles and whatever else you need. Um, and and I said, so while I can, you know, I can think about your little scenario here that you've made up in your head, I don't believe that's going to happen. You, you know, no. So we'll see. Even with this, it's going it's going to pass. There'll be a day in the future where you'll say to somebody, "Do you remember that coronavirus thing? Right. Wasn't that crazy?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. It's you're right. You're yeah. right. But I, you know, in terms of even like your daughter's question, I think you also, um, you know, you kind of bring. We've already talked about like the supply component, but the going back to like the age old management strategy, mm -hmm. like maybe your technology dies and you can't get a replacement for it. Do you know what to do to go back to an injection? Right. Do you have pens? Do you have syringes? Do you have, you know, your vials? Do you know how to use them? Do you know what your doses are? Yeah. All of those things are, they should be in your marked down list of, I would know how to do this if this happened yeah. or if this failed I could go to this parameter if this failed I could go down to this like 1940s way of managing you know well, I thought about it last night and we don't have slow acting insulin in the house and I thought she'd get stuck a lot but I could do it with just her apedra. like I know I could you know what I mean like it wouldn't be perfect but it would be she'd be alive she would be yeah, alive yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and in enough time to go get some slow acting right. insulin somewhere. Right. Uh, but I think I could do it, you know, yeah. like, and it's just, you know, there's a certain, I, I'm thinking I would probably create layers with boluses, like, right, like, like just, you know, put, yep. put in a bolus, think about where it peaks, probably right at the peak time, put in more and just keep those like dolphins, like 
flying through it the almost have to do your own little like graphical chart yeah. of i dosed it here it should be done here i dosed it here it should be done here right. you kind of have to keep track that yeah. way mentally to not drive yourself like insane right. with a chart in your brain <laughs> but, but in my mind if i know when it goes in i know when it peaks and i know when it crashes then i can put the next one in and create the just next the, the next crash. peak at the crash and just keep the peaks covering the crashes and that should make a reasonably level amount of insulin the whole time so and that that would work for somebody who has looked at and truly understands the total action time of their rapid insulin i've been doing this podcast for a while you so. right yeah, yeah. and you you do and i would say you know scott definitely could do that if you have not really ever figured that out Probably not. Well, I'm thinking a lot of people might kill themselves doing it. But Good I way think to I, do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is definitely one of those episodes where nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice. medical advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. But, but I was really, that's what I was thinking about the other night. Like, would there be a way to bump insulin in over and over again mm -hmm. so that she didn't find herself without insulin or didn't find herself with too much? Right. And I don't know. I, I think I could figure it out. But, mm -hmm. you know, again, it's because I um, I can be like, I can be dispassionate about it. It's not me. If I had diabetes, this is what the sound would, it would sound like. Uh, Jenny, I don't know what I would do. If I didn't have slow acne, I'd probably just run around the house <laughs> till I hit a wall and just passed out. You know, like, so it's, it's an interesting thing when it's for someone else. Because you can step back and you, you can, can look at it. You can out of it for a second. Yeah. yeah. And you, you don't have out. that panic of like, that your health is on the line. But overall, you should run to the pharmacy and you should get some. Well, Jenny, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to um I'm going to send an email when we're done to Arden's uh, endo, and I'm going to ask for some slow acting insulin. And, there you go. And um, I guess maybe two. I will have a backup. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do, and that's what we we should all be doing, right? It's just preparing. Just prepare. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, did we learn today that at the moment, with the information that we have, that a person with type 1 diabetes and the coronavirus is going to get some level of sick and they're going to manage their type 1 the way they would if they got any other virus. And In a normal illness, yes, yep. exactly. And I would think, you know, unless you're really newly diagnosed and you've been a fairly healthy person outside of the diabetes and you've never really managed an illness with diabetes yet, mm -hmm. then sure, it will be very new for you. And it's going to be kind of scary, you know. But the biggest thing really is looking at the glucose levels, looking where they're going and right. seeing, gosh, I'm, you know, 75, 100 points higher than I normally run. Clearly, I need more insulin. <laughs> Clearly, I need to put some yeah, more in. More so well, let even me with you, that, it's... Uh, Jenny, what's your, what's your level of um, commitment to the podcast? Are you willing to get the coronavirus so we can talk about what it's like to have no. type 1? No. No. <laughs> I can't so get, sorry. I can't get you to go lick a couple of handrails or something like that? No, no. no, no. I'm not going to go hang out at UW Hospital. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you think healthcare workers who are in um, situations where they may be more susceptible, do you think they should step back from their jobs? Like, what would you do if you were in a hospital right now working? So, you know, given my profession, I know that my position would have been not necessarily cut, but I would have probably been sent home because I would have been outpatient. I wouldn't have been necessary yeah. to be there, yeah. right? Okay. If I were a, a nurse or a doctor or any other profession, that's absolutely needed. Yeah. I mean, we need people. I mean, what? What would happen with all the sick people if all the doctors were like, 
or all the nurses were like, nope, I can't get I'm just sick. gonna go hang out at home. I can't get sick. Right. I can't do this. You know, I would have to say that I would I would do my job. Yeah, it's a very. You know, I would, it, even if I had you know people at home as I do, little kids, a husband, or if I had you know an elderly parent or grandparent or something living, I guess I would just live at the hospital then. Yeah. So I wouldn't come home with it, it you know? It, yeah, we're in a situation now where everybody's got to row the boat. Whatever oar they have in their hand, they need to use. And it, right. it's very similar, you know, when you think about um, uh, police officers, right? Or, or, or EMS right. or firemen. What are they just going to be like? Oh, your house got on fire. Pfft, I don't know if you have the coronavirus or not. So we're just going <laughs> to let it burn. You, you know, like, like at some point there are some, a lot actually of professions that just you don't get to think about yourself first. No. Like that's, you know, what ends up they're, happening. They're kind of, you're doing social good yeah. by continuing to do what you professionally chose to do. It, well, it, it is. I mean, um, well, when I was so. speaking to Adam, the one thing I said that was interesting that I've kind of noticed from afar is that we have set up a society that for the most part, for most people goes the way you want it to go. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot of, like, I remember my parents, you know, talking about getting a car and it taking them seven years to get money for a car. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, we're going to get a new car one day. They never got a new car. They would always get a newer car. Right. Um, but no one ever woke up and was like, oh, I will just take out a loan and then I will buy this car. And then I don't need the money today. I'll give it to them. Like, like we've set up a situation where if you have any kind of income and need something, you probably can get it. And right. then that goes for entertainment as well, right? Our entertainment yeah. is amazing now. Like, like we're all at the point now where we're like Disney plus nothing on here. I want to watch. Do, do you know right. Like we, we're, we're a little spoiled, right? Right. This is the first time in my generation and definitely in my children's where someone said that no, you're being limited and there's no alternative, right? You just have to do this. Right. It's, it's very interesting. And people are so far, I think doing a really good job with it. Yeah. You don't see people freaking out or anything like that. I think it's hard even from a, from the, from a child standpoint though, you know, our kids have gotten so used to social interaction, mm -hmm. right? I mean, very minimal numbers of kids are homeschooled these days. I've got a couple of clients who I, I work with who are, they do homeschool their children. Yeah. And I've, I've actually emailed, I'm like, I bet you're glad that you've been doing the homeschooling. You know exactly how to do yeah. this. I, however, do not. Yeah. So. <laughs> no idea what's going on. Arden. But I mean, we've been after school or after I'm done with work in the afternoons now, we've actually just been getting in the car and going and taking a drive around the city just to like physically like get out. Change your. And change yeah. the visual and change right. and see that, you know, yeah. the world is still there. Everything is still in place. Right. It's just that we've got limited interaction. Right. It, it really is. We're all just trying to stay away from each other so that we don't overwhelm the healthcare system. Right. That is and for explaining to kids, it's also something for explaining to, I mean, you know, with a seven and a three-year-old, they don't really quite understand, you know, why can't we go to the coffee shop and get a flourless cookie? Why can't we, you know, well, they're closed. So we drive past the coffee shop. You have to kind of visually explain to many younger kids and... Well, it's closed. You know, we can't go in. See, all the chairs are up. Yeah. But why, mommy? Can't we get a morning muffin? And let's go home and let's make morning muffins. So now we have morning muffins sitting on the counter in the kitchen because nice. we made them yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I had that conversation with my 20-year-old son. I was like, right. listen, you can't play basketball and here's why. Because 
do you want to wonder for the rest of your life if your buddy's grandmother dropped dead because you had to go play basketball? You know, I'm like, just go outside, you have a net, play by yourself. And that's what this is going to be for a little while. Um, it's tough because you, because it isn't, it isn't hard to look at what you're missing. Like I watched kids on my son's baseball team and every baseball team who were seniors who were eight, eight games into their season be told, that's it. You're never going to play college baseball again. Say goodbye to everybody and get back on the plane and go home. Yeah. And it was hard. It was really interesting. All these kids who aren't going to graduate from high school at a ceremony maybe, or from their college, you know, that's all terrible. But like I said, I think it one day it will just be, It'll just be a story you tell people, you know, like remember the time I'll I'll tell you this. And I mean this, I said this to Kelly last night. I was like, we are parenting through our parents never had anything like this that I can remember that they had to be parents to. And my wife's like, my parents just sent us outside anyway, we'd be dead. They'd be like, go outside and play, you know? Um, So I really feel, uh, I feel like we're going to be professional parents when this is over, like really good at it. Cause this is, right? this is another level, Jenny. That's really funny. I said that to Nathan the yeah. other day. I said, this is really kind of a, it's a social experiment in teaching people who've been so used to, and nothing against it. This is the right. way that society works. Cause moms and dads all have jobs now and yeah. you send your child to daycare or you send your child to school. It's, teaching parents what it actually means to like spend majority of your time interacting with your child I wonder how somebody many... else isn't raising your child yeah. somebody is else isn't teaching them it's on you now a hundred percent and that's that's hard yeah yeah i listen i've raised two kids um as a stay-at-home parent and right. that, that means you get up in the morning and you're with them 24 hours a day and it gets long after a while and you really have to have the fortitude to just push through and find the good in what you're doing and not make it feel like, oh my God, this is my whole life, like that that whole thing. But I'm wondering how many people will maybe, like, I wonder how many people will try to go back to a single like income. Like how many people are going to like this and think, oh, this is nice, you know? Right, and right. And they never thought it was possible. I didn't know my kid could do this or I didn't know I liked doing this type of thing with my child or yeah. look how good my child is at like, reading and we can read together and we can learn all these things. I mean, I think of all the like books that hopefully people are reading and the games that they're getting out of the closet that have cobwebs on them. And like, because especially with kids, you know, specifically, as you know, you have to entertain them Mm -hmm. up to a certain age. You kind of have to do the entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've got my pile of books right here. I'm hoping. Yeah, I really am with my fingers crossed. So, okay, so stay healthy, keep your blood sugar stable. I think the other thing we didn't say that I think is really important is get sleep and as drink water. Yeah, and try not to make yourself nuts. Like stressed people don't sleep well. People who don't sleep well don't fight off colds well. Like the really the things you can really do is you know take care of your health, get some sleep, keep your stress down, and you know. And some of that keeping your stress down ultimately is just keeping as much normal in your day as possible. Yeah. You know, you get up every day at seven o'clock, keep getting up at seven o'clock. Right. If you always have tea at nine o'clock, keep having your tea at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just keeping some of those normal scheduled things helps to keep the stress level yeah. down too. I think too, if you're working from home, I know everyone's interested, but don't leave like cable news on 24 hours a day in the background because they're repeating the same thing over and over again and it's getting into your brain so right yeah all right jenny um i really i appreciate you doing this and i hope you guys all stay healthy there and 
I, I hope, hope you do too. Thank you. I hope hopefully this will help some other people do the same. I hope so. Going to read to you from the CDC website for a second. Older adults and people who have severe underlying chronic medical conditions like heart or lung disease or diabetes seem to be at a higher risk for developing more serious complications from COVID-19 illness. Please consult with your healthcare provider about additional steps you may be able to take to protect yourself. The site goes on to remind us to stay home if you're sick, but I think at this point travel bans are starting to go into place as I'm recording this on March 20th. So, you know, that may be a uh, that may just be a given at this point. Cover your coughs and your sneezes, cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when you cough or sneeze or use the inside of your elbow. Throw used tissues into the trash. Immediately wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water are not readily available, clean your hands with sanitizer that contains at least a 60% alcohol. If you are sick, you should wear a face mask when you are around other people, even if you're sharing a room or a vehicle with them, or before entering a healthcare provider's office. If you are not able to wear a face mask, for example, because it causes trouble with breathing, then you should do your best to cover your coughs and sneezes. And people who are caring for you should wear a face mask when they enter the room with you. If you're not sick, you do not need to wear a face mask unless you are caring for someone who is sick and they are not able to wear a face mask. Face masks may be in short supply and should be saved for caregivers. Around the home, clean and disinfect. This includes tables, doorknobs, light switches, countertops, handles, desks, phones, keyboards, toilets, faucets, and sinks. If surfaces are dirty, clean them. Use detergent or soap and water prior to disinfecting. The CDC goes on to tell you about disinfecting. Most common EPA-registered household disinfectants will work. Use disinfectants appropriate for the surface. Options can include diluting your household bleach. To make a bleach solution, mix five tablespoons or a third of a cup of bleach per gallon of water, four teaspoons of bleach to a quart of water. Don't forget the manufacturer's instructions about proper ventilation when you're using bleach. And if you're going to use an alcohol solution to kill bacteria or the virus, ensure that it has at least a 70% alcohol content. This is all available at cdc.gov. There's guidance from the CDC around the 15 days to slow the spread. Listen to and follow all directions for your state and local authorities. If you feel sick, stay home. Do not go to work. Contact your medical provider. If your children are sick, keep them at home. Do not send them to school. Well, I think that cat's out of the bag, too, uh, around most of the country. Contact your medical provider. If someone in your household has tested positive for the coronavirus, keep the entire household at home. Do not go to work. Do not go to school. Contact your medical provider. If you're an older person, stay home and away from other people. And if you are a person with a serious underlying health condition that can put you at an increased risk, for example, a condition that impairs your lung or heart function or weakens your immune system, stay home and away from other people. Okay, so here are my plans for the podcast. Next week, there'll be two episodes that are just stories from people with type 1 diabetes, stuff that's more entertaining. We're going to do some after dark stuff, you know, stuff to keep your mind off things, keep you entertained. I will come back with coronavirus information whenever it's necessary. Uh, Dr. Nadelman will come back on. Jenny and I will talk again. But the podcast is going to be here for you. I'm trying to figure out how to do a, a live chat for us all. So if people just need to feel a little less alone, they can get together and talk. Um, that'll probably happen through the Facebook page. So keep an eye there, uh, perhaps even Instagram. And I'm looking for a way to bring everybody in. Um, maybe in a third-party platform. I'm doing my best on that. 
the juice box podcast will run as scheduled. It's not going to go away. And I appreciate that you guys are such supportive listeners. I hope this information has been valuable for you. Please just use your common sense. Stay well, stay away from people. Don't touch things. Wash your hands. Be cognizant of your surroundings. Do your best to stay safe. Do your best to stay healthy. If you feel sick in any way, please contact your physician immediately. I'm going to read you one last thing. The symptoms of coronavirus. People may be sick with the virus for 1 to 14 days before developing symptoms. The most common symptoms of coronavirus disease, the COVID-19 virus, are fever, tiredness, and a dry cough. Most people, about 80%, recover from the disease without needing special treatment. More rarely, the disease can be serious and even fatal. Older people and people with other medical conditions such as asthma, diabetes, or heart disease may be more vulnerable to becoming severely ill. People may experience cough, fever, tiredness, difficulty breathing in severe cases. Now, having that in your head, don't forget what Jenny and I talked about today. If you're a healthy person, if your blood sugars are well-maintained, you don't fall into that category just because you have type 1 diabetes. Be healthy, keep your routine going, keep your mind fresh, get some fresh air, try not to go crazy in your house a little bit, you're going to be okay. The Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Omnipod, Dexcom, Touched by Type 1, and the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. You can go to ContourNextOne.com, TouchedByType1.org, MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox, or Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to learn more about the sponsors. There are links in your show notes and at JuiceBoxPodcast.com if you can't remember those links. Now might be the perfect time to check into some new gear, the stuff you've been thinking about getting. I mean, you got a lot of time to read up, right? I genuinely meant what I said to Jenny earlier. I'm not just trying to get you to listen to the podcast more. If you want to work on your variability, if you want to work on keeping your blood sugars more stable, go back to episode 210 of the podcast and listen to the diabetes pro tips again. You can figure it out if you're struggling. And if you knew what you were doing in the past, but you've sort of burned out a little bit, these podcast episodes can help bring you back around again. I want to wish you all a ton of success. I'm going to see you soon. You guys are going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. We're all going to be okay.